Welcome to the Tutu Artist Studio, a podcast where professional tutu artists come together to caffeinate, laugh, and talk everything tutus. Welcome to the Tutu Artist Studio podcast. This is Michelle, and I am sitting down today to talk with my friend Sherry Drake. Hi, Sherry. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. I was, this was all a, a very well-timed surprise. <laughs> yeah, I actually get to talk to Sherry in person, so that's always exciting as yes. opposed to doing something uh, over over Skype or, or recorded. Um, so yeah, I get to talk to her in person because we are down in North Carolina together taking some classes. Well, I'm taking classes. And I'm helping teach tiaras. Yeah, so it's very exciting. We're at Tutu School in Charlotte, North Carolina this week um, and doing some learning. But I figure before we get started really talking about everything, I thought maybe we could talk about if we're working on any uh, personal projects at this point. Um, so are you working on anything for yourself as far as like what's under your needle? Well, right now is I'm helping Catherine Zahar teach at Tutu School, teach tiaras. I'm also helping her test some new tiaras, and we're going to be doing a little bit and writing instructions. So I'm doing it along with someone else who doesn't have as much experience to find out where the flaws are in the instructions. We're doing that once Tutu School is open, staying a couple of days over, staying a couple of extra days. Um, I'm also working on a white swan headpiece for myself oh. just to do it don't have the need for it but need to know how uh, so I just finished sorting through a whole pile of white feathers which was kind of interesting because <laughs> it was a kind of a she brought this big bag and it was like some of these are kind of sketchy and they were uh, which is just part of what you do yeah so yeah, yeah that's what I'm that's, doing that's what you're working on yeah yeah so the, what are you working on well, th thanks yeah the um i actually came down to take a sleeve class we're always talking about you know on the yes. podcast that we, we struggle with making sleeves yes and i'm sort of self-taught with making sleeves so i when i saw that they had offered a sleeve class i thought oh i really need to take that and then i um i thought of this maybe like a week ago yeah <laughs> Yeah, I thought, no, Michelle's not coming this year. <laughs> no, I didn't plan on it. And then I saw it advertised. Yes. Uh, I saw it probably on social media. And so I reached out to Claudia Foltz at tutu.com and I said, do you have any space for me to take a class? And um, she got back to me and she said, sure, I have I have a table for you. So, um, and because it's like a 10 hour drive for me, I decided to back it up with doing a um, Empire Waist dance dress. Um, that's really interesting. It has a leotard built underneath, and then it's um, like a really lovely blue stretch uh, taffeta, and then there's an organza skirt that goes on it, and the skirt is reversible. So it has some kind of really neat features uh, that I think maybe, you know, if you build it that way, dance schools would really like it. It can make it really versatile. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's I was... beautiful. Thank you. It, yeah. It's a beautiful color. It's a nice, clear blue. Yes. And it's, and then you put sleeves on it. Yeah, we put, um, well, kind of like an arm drape in a sense yeah. they're like w wings I think is what they refer to them as and yeah. and but so I did add sort of a sleeve to it yeah um, and then I was so pleased with the sleeve packet that I got um, like the class I had no idea what to expect and there are like everything yes it is such a great class to take yeah I took it last year and it was yeah. I didn't actually do the work but I 
started it and did a little bit and then had to get back to my tutu because I was behind as usual. <laughs> but just having the kit and hearing her explanation on how to attach and where to attach yeah. opened a whole different world because that's not the way I had been doing it. Yeah. Which is why I keep coming back to tutu school. But there's always something new and yeah. and she's definitely Claudia being the she there that, that Claudia is always evolving methods, learning, continuing to learn, you know, so yes. our expert is always learning and then it trickles down to us and then we yes. can then uh, learn from there. So, yeah, but I learned definitely from, and I only made two, two of the sleeves today. Cause I like you got behind on my project. So I spent yeah. kind of the morning finishing up my dress and then, um, after lunch really, really tried to chip away at some of the sleeves and, and I did, uh, an Aurora sleeve and then there was a Bayadair yes. sleeve in there. And I'm yeah. thinking that's not a sleeve. That's a headpiece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of them were surprises. And, and you know, yeah. it's like everything. Some of them I wasn't crazy about. I felt like they were too full. Mm-hmm. But it depends on the girl and the dance and what the artistic director wants. And, yeah, you know, sometimes it's not to my taste, but yeah. that's okay. And, yeah, because so there's kind of a place for everything. But often what I do when I come to Tutu School is I make something that ends up being a sample for my shop right yeah, or what I call my shop idea. yeah and then I can take that and I make it usually I make it to fit um, my daughter she's my my favorite fit model and because I have access to her and I can freely take her photograph and she doesn't mind if I'm posting it and using it to to you know promote my business and so um, I often make things in her size and then have her fit model them for me it's also really helpful to have her do that because she can kind of share with me like if it's uncomfortable or maybe it you know, she doesn't like the way the weight of something, or she can kind of give me feedback from a dancer perspective about how it moves as she's moving. And how it feels is so important. And that's something that we as the people who are creating them can't really judge. That's why I always bring extra stuff when I come to Tutu School. Like this time I'm not sewing, but I brought three mannequins because I'm a size 14. If I hold up a size zero (laughs) bodice to me, I can't tell how that's going to look. But I, so I can put it on a mannequin and see, but the mannequin can't talk back to me and say, there's something sticking me under the arm and you find things that don't work. So having somebody you can put something on is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, yeah, so she's my favorite fit model. So, um, but I'm excited to get that home. I did use Sherry's mannequin because I didn't bring one with me. So I did borrow hers to put on there because the empire dress with the organza that you use or the chiffon, excuse me, it has a chiffon skirt. The chiffon has to hang, Yes. you know, for at least 24 hours and then you have to trim it because it drops, you know. Well, I'm very lucky that I live so close. I'm only two hours away from Charlotte. And so if I'm not bringing things, I'm, I bring extra because there's people here this year from all over the country. Yeah. Texas, California, Canada, Canada Florida, Arizona, Arizona yeah. um, Michigan. It's the most varied group we've that I've ever seen age-wise and location-wise. Yeah. I was surprised this year with the amount of people that were seeking college degrees in like fashion design, costume tech, like uh, I can't think of the other kind of majors that they were. Yeah. Theater arts. That's it. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Because Tiffany, who had been with us from University of Alabama last year, sent a student and several other people that Claudia Nodes sent their students to come rather than come themselves, which is fabulous to see this getting passed on because that's always been a concern. The art gets lost. Yes. And 
the art changes as technology and fabrics change. Yeah. So you so. don't. So your day job, obviously, you don't work in costumes. No, I don't. I have I have a fashion merchandising degree, and I was a bottle buyer for Belk's Bridal, which was downtown Greenville, which of course has been gone for a long, long, long time. And also for Ivy's, which is now Dillard's, which okay. some people will recognize. I've got a drafting degree, and I've been working at GE since 1999. And I was first in the gas power division, and now I'm in the wind turbine division, uh, wind renewables, which is fun, exciting. It's mostly young folks. I'm definitely one of the oldest people there. <laughs> Uh, they nicknamed me Mama Wind, which I, is funny. Um, <laughs> and between that, I also did textiles. Textiles, I understood energy. I don't always understand what it does and how they get it there, uh, but I do scheduling. So to feed my creative soul, when my daughter was dancing, I started helping with costumes at Greenville Ballet with Andrew and Mary Kaharski. Um, and then the lead volunteer left because her daughter graduated, and so I took it over and my daughter left there and went to North Carolina School of the Arts and then to Nutmeg Conservatory. And I kept doing costumes because I loved it. It gave me a creative outlet that I really enjoyed. And I helped them build a big costume closet yeah. because interchangeability in your costumes is important. And traditional Nutcracker, and we never change anything because everybody wants to see the same thing, <laughs> is one point of view. The other point of view is this poor parent is out there for the you know tenth year watching their daughter go from us we our smallest are soldiers and go up to you know the soloist. They're seeing the same costumes year after year and it gets painful for them. So I started changing one or two things up a year so we had some variety and variety in sizes. We had originally bought Pittsburgh Ballet Theaters costumes okay. and when I got there and we're talking 25 years ago those costumes were 30 years old Wow. still using them because wow. if you take good care of them they're good quality made costumes they'll last a long 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 time yeah now granted you know I've done things to them I've thrown nasty tutus in the bathtub <laughs> with oxidol <laughs> Uh, some of them just with baking soda to get the stink out. Yeah. Um, I rescued some tutus from the trash dump, and I put some new net and replaced the rhinestones, and they looked great. Yeah. But the big problem with those costumes is everybody was smaller. Okay. Much smaller and shorter. But so it got to a point that the length of the bodices was too short. And the length from the waist to the crotch was too short. So we had to start replacing things. Right. I have retired from doing costumes. Um, then I started doing tiaras. <laughs> uh, opened up a whole new world, <laughs> to say the least. So when you first started doing tiaras, did you just like take a class at Tutu School and, and that's kind of how you started it? Or did you sort of figure out your own things and then well my introduction to Claudia is kind of interesting because my daughter was auditioning for Joffrey workshop in San Antonio Texas at her ballet school this is back when Claudia did not have tutu.com right exactly she was doing her first patterns and stuff and I bought a tutu pattern from her okay and I still have it it's 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 pretty funny <laughs> um, and then I had gone online later several years later and bought a headpiece kit from her 
and I didn't like it that much after I made it I thought well I don't no, this didn't turn out very well. So finally in 2016, I got the guts and the money to go to, to come up to Tutu School, and it opened my eyes to a whole new world. And so in 2018, Catherine Zahar teaches at Tutu School um, and also is the costume designer for Ballet with a Twist yes. out of New York, came down, and I signed up for, I think it was five tiaras. Oh. From Catherine. <laughs> you can only do Catherine's stuff when she comes because there's not yet written directions. Right. So, and no pictures. I mean, there, there may be a picture and a stone layout and supply list, but there's not anything telling you wire this to this and do the, all these other steps. And so she has to be here to guide you. So I spent the whole time with her, and it was for me the best way to do it because you know how anyone who sews you get a feel how to work with chiffon mm-hmm. or how to work with silk or with velvet because each one has a hand yeah wire is the same way it has its own characteristics you learn how and what you can and cannot do with the wire and what you can and cannot do with rhinestones and what their breaking point or shatter point is right and so a week with her taught my fingers the touch and fortunately for me it worked <laughs> so um i leave tutu school with all this knowledge from Catherine. i go home and i start making tiaras and i had been introduced to facebook by my high school <laughs> reunion <laughs> and i start posting pictures i think i know where this is going <laughs> and then i get a call or a text from someone named michelle going <laughs> Remember Lorelai? <laughs> and I said, yes, of course. Lorelai was like nine. She was the cutest little thing. Going to be competing and needed a tiara. And Michelle said, could you make Lorelai's tiara? Yeah. So that kind of sent me in a direction I wasn't <laughs> expecting. Which, thank you. It's, it's been great. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that whole process with Sherry in, in making that tiara was so cute. She, you know, asked me, of course, what colors do you want? And what kind of designs are you looking for? And... I think we sent you maybe some example photographs yeah, of things we liked and, and some swatches, swatches the, of the dress the or the uh, to the tutu and stuff, and yeah. then and then Sherry sent us a whole box. <laughs> yeah, because I really wasn't sure about what she'd really like, and I will totally confess that I am not a what I call ballet geek. I don't know all these parts. I don't know which variation is from what. I don't know what. ABT is always worn forward or New York City Ballet. That's not where my brain has gone. And I, yes, if I was going to be a costumer, I would study that thing, all yeah. that stuff. I haven't studied it, quite frankly. I haven't had time to study it. So what I try to do is look at the girl, look at the costume and the colors, know the style of dance, and pick a couple of things that I think will look good on the girl that's not a copy of something somebody else has done. Now, based on somebody else's stuff, absolutely. But even with Catherine, who has said, oh, you can use my patterns, I'm not going to do exactly what she did because that's not fair to a customer. The girls at Youth America, they get there, and the ones that buy costumes from a wholesaler or from China, and 
metal tiaras and they get there and they see it's like going to prom and seeing somebody in the same dress i don't want to do that to them i want it to be unique to them so i'll repeat things but i'll always change something right so uh, that's why i think Catherine and i get along so well she (laughs) she she look she pushes me to do better and so i've taken things in a different direction i've also uh, worked with Jerry Lynn Reeves, who's in Asheville, and she does a lot of stuff with cup chain, and it's very delicate work. It's really pretty. I love what she does. I had bought a tiara online from her and uh, did a class, online class with her, and then went up and spent the day with her and, and make, made a tiara, and it was just loads of fun. Her technique is totally different. Everybody has different stuff. There's a woman in Italy who does beautiful metal work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tiaras can be anything. They can just be flowers or crystals or a lot of people use beads. I don't I don't do beads, don't know how to do beads. Yeah. Don't know that I want I don't know that my house has room for beads. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so it's a, it's a lot of fun. I mean it's my creative outlet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you're talking about um the Catherine has a different method. You know, you have sort of a different method. So right. can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I know nothing about making tiaras. So yeah. maybe if you can talk a little bit. Yeah, what Catherine does and what Claudia teaches, you start with millinery wire. that's really very stiff, and it's covered with either rayon or cotton. I like the ones that are covered with rayon, especially now because as supply chain, the, what we cover it with is either a gold or a silver cording. Mm-hmm. And it used to be the cording like you would get to do the plastic canvas stuff. Okay. And you'd find it in Joann's or Hobby Lobby or whatever in these skeins. It's not out there. It's gone. It's hmm. like, I'm hoping at, at Christmas Hobby Lobby will have some again and I'll buy every thing of gold and silver they have because it was the right diameter what claudia is finding now is this stuff is very very thin or very very thick not the in-between that we need so if you use the rayon it slides good okay because you what you do is you take the cord and you remove the cotton in the inside so you have a hollow tube Mm -hmm. and you put that over this white cord for your base okay if you use the fat stuff, it, it moves too much. Okay. And if you use the cotton-wrapped wire, it doesn't feed that little bitty tube quite as well. The th- one thing that I do that's extremely different from what they do is I, I, I use glue a lot just to do the ends okay. so that it it already clings to it and I don't have to wire wrap the end of it and hope that that doesn't come undone because it has a tendency to come undone. Right. So I use just a little bit of glue to glue the cording on top of the wire so that when I'm working with it, it doesn't slot around as much. I learned something this week, which I had had so much trouble when I would bend my wire and do these little tight turns that it would the cording would break away from the wire and I'd have white and I'd have to color it or you know, trying to pull it up in there. And so I had started bending my wire and then putting the cording on it. And Catherine says, the problem you're having is you're pulling your cording too tight. Okay. If you leave it looser, it has the bandwidth to make the curve. And what you're doing, you pulled it so tight, it breaks in that corner because it doesn't have enough, it has no stretch. Yeah. 
had not thought of it that way. It's like the tensile strength it's, of yeah. the Yeah, and so the, the, wire, the yeah. one that I did that I'm working on as a test for her, I left extra in there, which I had always tried not to do, and it's a lot better. I still have a breakthrough, but it's not every single bend that I made that just drove me crazy because it looks so bad and then you have to make sure that all those little things are it's kind of like snipping threads you end up with all these little pieces sticking out that you have to go through and clip don't like that (laughs) (laughs) wasting time I could be doing something else (laughs) but you're always learning something new so it's that's why it's fun to come back um, and, and learn a little bit more uh, this year that we've had a lot of discussions about Sawarski crystals, of course. Personally, I have several sources. I love Dreamtime Creations. Yeah, I've used them also. They are fabulous. Their customer service is wonderful. Um, Their colors are great. The Preciosia ones are good. They have some different, very different colors than what Dreamtime or Swarovski's has. Um, you can get them from New York B, but the quantities are fair to get a good price. Quantities are large, and and yeah. crystals are not cheap. They're expensive, and that's yeah. why headpieces are expensive. Um, Fire Mountain Gems is a good source uh, for. I use a lot of metal elements in mine, and I think for uh, Lorelai's latest tiaras, that's what <laughs> I've been using. Yeah, and that's the one thing that's setting me apart from what Catherine does. I take Catherine's design that she fills in the the blank spaces with crystals, I'm filling in it with a metal component that I put a crystal on that highlights the crystal, right. that leaves it with a different look. Um, I did one for the Jacksonville International Ballet Competition for yes. the auction that was green and gold, and, and my mother says, well, it looks like a stained glass window because of the shape of it, Yeah. which uh, that's my favorite tiara that I've ever done. I loved it. <laughs> Um, yeah, a good friend of ours actually mm-hmm. bid on that and, and now is the proud owner of that Sierra. And Darcy. I'm thrilled, even though I really would have liked to have seen all, everything in, in the auction raise more money than it did. Because it was a, there was a, a lot of money raised, not that there wasn't, but yeah. I felt that everybody, everybody got a really good buy. I do want to roll this conversation back around to talking a little bit about, you know, how do you decide um, for yourself, like, do you create any of your own designs um, or do you kind of work off of a pattern um, and then sort of tweak the pattern? I, I'm, I bet it's a little bit of both. It's a, li- it's a little bit of both. I spend a lot of time um, on the weekends looking on the Internet at pictures. <laughs> and I'll just type in pink tiaras. And I'll just ask for images. Mm-hmm. And I will have PowerPoint open up. And I'll do small pictures and save them. And I have a notebook. I have two notebooks, in fact. I have a notebook of the stuff that I love (laughs) and a notebook of the stuff I don't ever want to do that I think it's for whatever reason. And my don't like for tiaras is smaller than it is in my tutu notebooks. I had the same thing for tutus. I have a don't ever want to do that tutu book that is huge I mean there's some pretty ugly stuff out there yeah that, that I'm sure it was made with good intentions and the same with tiaras but some of them just don't work right um you know some of them with tiaras one of the big problems is if 
if you don't do things right, it looks like they have horns, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, it's not a good look. It, you know, we try not to, we try not to show our horns. Um, I I usually kind of start out with an idea or I will have seen something in, in one of those pictures. Um, the one that I did for the ballet competition, the green and gold, Mm -hmm. I saw something in a tiara book that I have. It's a great big, almost coffee table book Mm -hmm. that has about the history of tiaras. And this one was from Austria, I think. And I like the green and gold of it. And that, because I had not made a green one before and that took me down that path. Um, I've got one that I made that's all... Um, plastic flowers, and I love it. Nobody else has liked it, but I like it. Um, but it's it's hard for me to say exactly how I work, but I'll because I'll start working, and then I have a lot of stuff that I just throw out. I, that I'll start it, and it's just no, that's ugly, and I'll undo it, keep all the stones, and throw all the the mess away. Right. Um, I'll sometimes, like I have made the green and gold one in silver and aqua. Mm-hmm. I like it, but I don't love it. Right. But it took me uh, probably three weeks to cre- recreate it because I had not adequate, adequately, goodness, couldn't get that word out, made my pattern okay. and copied what I did. I knew the basic part of it but I didn't have all of my lines in the right place. And when I worked with Catherine, and I still laugh at her, and so Catherine sits on my shoulder and, and, <laughs> and talks in my ear and says, symmetrical, symmetrical, symmetrical. <laughs> and there's a reason for it, because things look better when they're symmetrical. It, stone-wise, it's a lot easier when it's symmetrical because everything lines up right. Um, but wire doesn't always want to go symmetrical because it's very difficult stiff wires millinery wires so it doesn't want to bend and if you use something softer then it doesn't want to support so if I'm designing something new I've got to I personally have got to get a better process of recording what I'm doing Um, then once you have your frame that you build first then you start adding the embellishments that you can you can use just cording and lace and things like that or you can use stones which I'll do the stones and we use the rosemontes which are wired on they have a setting and it has like a crisscross in the back and you mm-hmm. put the wire through and you string them right and then you wire that onto the frame right so if you've got your pattern laid out this is where the fun part is you lay your pattern down and then you start playing with your colors and changing colors will change everything. Because I have done that same tiara that I did for Lorelei probably in 15 different color combinations. <laughs> and this year I did one and flipped it upside down for Carolina Ballet. And it was pink and gold. And so instead of coming um, down the forehead, right. it sticks up. It sticks up, yeah. And it was something that their director said well what if you wore it upside down and it fit but it didn't so I had to tweak it a little bit with another pattern to make it do right but I every time I do it in a different color it looks completely different you'd never know it was the same tiara yeah so that's the fun part for me is coming up with the colors yeah so 
Yeah, I think, um, so I've watched Sherry uh, and, and some of the ladies when they're in class, like how they start laying out their, uh, like their stones and everything. The pattern that they're working on is it's to scale, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's to scale. So you're drawing something out or you have, you know, the, you purchase something that's to scale and then it allows you to shape your wire. Yeah. Am I right about that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you've got a white piece of paper with a black drawing on it and you start at one end and you kind of make the wire bend to the shape and it will have depending on who made the pattern it will have little directional arrows to tell you go from here to here to here to here and usually you're trying to do it all in one continuous piece of (laughs) of millinery wire which if you're doing a small tiara it's not real bad if you're doing one like my green one i think i was working with 48 inches or so okay which is by the time you get going it's not too bad but getting started is kind of you've got a lot that you're working with and this stuff comes in spools and anything that comes in a spool doesn't want to straighten out right so it can be pretty cantankerous at the beginning and you have to just keep working with a little bit of time you can't just bend it you have to coax it into the shape that you want it to then you wire wherever you're making a you know half circle you wire those to the base so that you have the shape um, and then you get to do the fun stuff but you have to do the work first yeah um, and if you have a really good pattern you can repeat it and repeat it and repeat it now Catherine goes to the extra effort when her patterns she draws not one line but two lines that your millinery wire is supposed to go between those two lines oh (laughs) um yeah so and she's very particular and she has because she wants it symmetrical and repeatable right so having sat with her for a week and her that's not quite right no you didn't get that one that one you know that one's off by an eighth of an inch at the time, sometimes I wanted to say, really, an eighth of an inch? Because, you know, it's kind of like when Claudia fusses at us when we're putting the bodice together. She, well, if you're doing 16 pieces, an eighth of an inch, you know. Over time, thought, it builds up, yeah, yeah. It adds up, and you don't think about it. And it's the same thing, but just on a much smaller scale. But the wire is constant. As you, you bend here, and then you go two inches over, and you bend again. Well, it changes what you bent the two inches back so it's a constant uh going back and laying it and tweaking it yeah like readjustment readjusting so when you get to the point that you have it all laid out and it fits that pattern it's like a hallelujah moment yay (laughs) i can get past this i can go to something that's more fun uh, then once you get done with the fun part and, and putting the stones on, then you have to put the horsehair braid on, and that's my least favorite thing to do. I will say that um, for for Lorelai, she's been at competitions, and there's been other dancers um, that you know when they're backstage and the girls are getting ready and they're putting on their headpieces and makeup and all that. There's been other dancers that have commented to her how her um, 
uh, tiaras always have the horsehair braid on there and how easy it makes for her to just simply put the hairpins in Mm -hmm. and to secure it to her head in a really comfortable way. You know, you can, if it doesn't have the horsehair, you have to sort of put them in these X's like going across the wire and, and yeah. Yeah. And it's bad on the headpiece and it's bad on the hair and it's not secure. I mean, it's very distracting if you see a headpiece bobbing Mm -hmm. up and down on somebody's head. Yeah. Uh, the horsehair braid is just what I said. Horsehair braid it comes. You can get it online in colors. Uh, Claudia has it in white, and they spray it with floral spray, which I have not been able to purchase because no one's right now. No one is shipping it, um, and very few stores have stock. Of course, Claudia had stock, so she hadn't had to worry about it. Right. So uh, that's a little thicker than what you get online. It's a little thinner when it's already a color, but you. What I do is make a loop at the end and then make sure that braid, when the particular headpieces that I've done for Lorelei, that it that it comes through around the headpiece to give as many opportunities as makes sense for her to put pins, hairpins or bobby pins to hold it down. And of course the other end will have the little tabs as well. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing one that's uh, flat on the head, there's usually open areas that I have the horsehair behind it because sometimes you want to put, if there's a little teardrop shape with no stones, you can put a hairpin in there, a bobby pin, and that'd be the perfect place to hold it down better. If it's one that stands up, I try to do a little bit wider. So some people like to bobby pin in the front. Some people prefer to do it in the back. Some people want to do both. But that horsehair braid is great the harder part, it, it's it's not fun putting it on because it's stiff. It it's I do it with the with semiline and never I'm, yes the filament yeah. yes the filament thread which yeah. is great and you do it in a color and it kind of fades away you don't see it so you need to do the horse here in the right color right so you need to know if you've got a very dark hair. <laughs> brown hair light brown blonde or white blonde or a redhead right because people will say oh you can always use white on a blonde well yeah you can but it doesn't mean it looks good right just like you can use light brown on black hair Mm -hmm. but it doesn't look good right so I'm thinking maybe uh, take a moment to wrap up, but I'd love for you to impart like your best advice. Could be about making tiaras, could be best life advice, but um, I know I'm so on the oh spot. Boy, take your, take yeah. your time that's, with the that's answer. That's a hard one. Uh, but yeah, if you could share with us sort of your best advice or maybe a best couple of tips for making tiaras or costumes or something. I, we, I think I'd love that because I know you have so many years of great experience with this. I, well, <laughs> yeah, that it's interesting because I've lived a kind of weird life in some ways because I've done a lot of different things. I haven't been a huge amount of places, uh, but I have done a lot of different things in my life and learned different things everywhere I went. First, be honest with yourself because if you're not honest with yourself, you're not going to be happy. Uh, and that's a hard one because it took me a long time. I would do things to make other people happy. I would stay in jobs because it paid well. Uh, don't lie to yourself because we all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we don't really mean to, but we do. 
and be honest with other people and that's not always easy um but find your joy whatever that may be um everybody needs a joy uh this is mine this is where i've come to be happy it's my happy place um i tell dancers to find their joy because sometimes you can see them not enjoying it if they're not enjoying it they shouldn't be doing they shouldn't be making themselves do it not for somebody else don't do it for somebody else if you want to make tutus or trs or dance do anything creative do it because it feeds you not because it feeds someone else Uh, too many dancers are trying to please a parent and keep doing it because the parent wants them to the girl or boy needs to want to do it it needs to be a passion even if it doesn't turn into anything it's still wonderful training um i never regretted my daughter doing it uh my son even when he was a little took tap and clogging uh, he loved clogging because it made noise you know little boys love to make noise but even that taught him some discipline and some things that were good for him so you know life is not always easy so find the people that you want to spend time with that are not your family and feed your soul such a great, such a great note to to sort of end on. Sherry, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me and allowing me to record it. And... <laughs> well, thank you and Casey for uh, bringing me up and inviting me. I was quite shocked and uh, I was, um, I'm, I'm very flattered to yeah. be included. Uh, I think what y'all are doing is important for the community and, and anything that we can do to make people aware that we're not alone right because before tutu school i felt like i was out there on an island by myself yeah you're doing costumes yeah usually you don't talk to the competition in your own town right and you don't have an opportunity to talk to people in another town right but yeah this is this is the great thing y'all are doing i appreciate it thank you so much we really appreciate that uh thanks for your time today thanks for just being an amazing awesome person and a great friend over the years and uh yeah so we're gonna wrap this up but thanks so much okay yay Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed our podcast. We would love it if you would leave a rating and a review, as well as like and subscribe to our podcast. Join us in the conversation. Our contact information is in the show notes, but you can find us together at Tutu Artist Studio on Facebook and Instagram, or find us separately as Casey at TidewaterDancewear.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Tidewater Dancewear and Michelle on Etsy, Facebook and Instagram at I Can't I Have Dance Shop. Thanks again for joining us.